everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. What's a good language to go with this week? Let's go with... Portuguese. Alole. Is that actual Portuguese? God, no. I don't know what Portuguese hello is. I think it sounds a lot like Spanish, but I could be wrong in that regard. Let me know if I'm completely wrong. I mean, you are. Damn it, Liam. <laughs> Today we watched episode 20, Young Caesar. It's the 11th episode of Battle Tendency, and uh, covers chapters 89 through 93 of the manga. Okay, that has to be more than usual this time. No. God, d- really? Re- okay, we have gone through every single time I keep saying- I know. Feels like more. But this one actually feels longer. No. That's like over 10 chapters. 89 to 93? Yeah, over 10. 89 to 90. So you're an engineer, you say. (laughs) I am the future of this generation. Okay. I came so close. Moving on. (laughs) We open um, in a flashback. Smash cut into the past. Caesar is the son of Mario Zeppoli. Um, That sort of typical Italian music with the um, sort of trilling string starts playing. And he is very, very Italian. He's a furniture maker. He has a moustache. He loves his family. Yep. Loves his country. Uh, Caesar looks up to him. But then one day, Mario disappears without a word. What? And their mum was dead. The family falls into destitution as distant relatives who look like Hitler steal all their money. And he had, like, really odd glasses as well. Mm. And that moustache, which is, I guess, the main distinguishing feature of someone looking like Hitler these days. (laughs) Um, yeah, Caesar's dad runs away, they have no mother, they have no money, Caesar becomes, like, a bad boy, and... Real bad. Grows to resent and hate his father. And he just starts picking fights with people. Yep. And the mafioso fears him. Yeah, and then they're fighting, he's fighting some street toughs, and this guy comes up and is like, You're the one they call Caesar, aren't you? What's your last name? I don't have a last name, bro. Oh, well, then you can't be Italian, can you? Because we Italians are all about family. Screw you, man. And then and Caesar hits him with, hits a him with a wrench. His signature move. Oh, man, it's so classic, isn't it? It'd be great if in the fight later in this episode, Caesar looks like down and out, and then he just reaches into his pocket and pulls out a wrench. It was my secret plan all along. I learned from the streets. Is it, would it be funnier or less funny if it was um bubbles in the shape of a wrench? Uh, no, it's a wrench. That as he hits, it's still covered in soap. Oh, it's got one of those... It's got, like, a sort of rudimentary top to the um the bit that you fasten to change the size of the yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. So that uh, it has, like, a loop that creates a stream of bubbles in its wake. Uh, and then depending how wide the wrench gets, it makes a bigger bubble. Yeah. Uh, I'll fix you, Whammo. Uh, I'll fix you. These are the jokes, people. I'll clean you up. Caesar hits this guy with a wrench and then punches him in the face with Hamon and, you know, good on you. I mean, it's a good trick. It's a good trick. Yeah. So then we fast forward a little bit and he's 16 years old in Rome. And who does he see? It's a him, Mario. (laughs) How long have you been sitting on that for? Since I watched it last night. (laughs) So it's a him, a Mario. Yep. Mario Zeppelli. The narrator's like, Caesar felt like he might even kill his dad. What? Will he? Will he kill his dad? Kind of. Whoa! This bodes well. So he follows Caesar into... The I mean, Colosseum. he follows Mario into... Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know where the mouth of truth is, but it looked like he was going into the Colosseum. Yeah. It was, like, right under the Colosseum. It was that giant face, wasn't it? Yeah, but I don't know where that's actually located. Oh. Near the Colosseum. Or uh-huh. maybe not near. So he goes in, and he's like, Oh, where'd he go? <gasps> Look at this big pillar. <laughs> there are some men. On this pillar. And that's that's a real diamond if ever I've seen one on the streets. 
And then Mario... He goes to, to take oh, the yeah. diamond from the statue. Or Caesar takes the... Well, Caesar tries to take the diamond. Yeah. Mario runs in and is like, Caesar! He doesn't recognise him. So oh. he's not like Caesar. Sorry. Sir! It's like, don't touch that stone, boy. Stay away boy. from that trap stone. There's something in there. Wow, 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 wow. They're pillar man. <laughs> How literal can we get? Have you ever, ever felt like this? Okay, we're not doing any more 90s no. kids themes. <laughs> Ever. Anyone who's not from Australia is just going to be like, what the hell was that last one? Probably with the first one too. Yeah, probably with the first one, yeah. Yeah. Mario runs in and pushes Caesar and as all these hooks that look like Wamu's sort of hair hooks. They have to but be. aren't because they're coming out of a lower part of the pillar. Uh, yeah. Reach out and tear into Mario's flesh and start slowly pulling him into the pillar. Which looks gross, but also pretty cool. Uh, and then he just sort of goes into the pillar. And he's and like, boy, what day is it? Why, it's Christmas Day, sir. No, um... Go find that Lisa Lisa chick, whoever you are. Tell her to buy the biggest ham she's got and bring it to, to my my fatherless children's <laughs> manor. All right, sure. <laughs> they need all the ham they can get. Um, yeah, go find Lisa Lisa. She's the only one who can stop the pillar, then go do that, whatever. And Caesar recognises it as his father... Well, he always knew it was his father, but he recognises that his father truly loves him. Well, yeah, well okay. he recognised that it was a sense of duty to his family's legacy yeah. that drove him to leave and not just being a neglectful parent off seeing some floozy. I mean, if you're a real Italian, though, would the going off with some floozy be quite as bad? Yeah, because Italians are all about family. Yeah, that is true. They are all about family, um, apparently. So it's an interesting parallel because, if you recall, Will Zappelli also left his family to go fight the mask. Yeah. I mean, there's not much more I can really draw other than... No, but, It also um, happened there. So, I wonder if Mario was also quite resentful in his youth. Oh, possibly. Pouring his resentment into making the best damn furniture in Italy. <laughs> he made some sweet chairs. Maybe that's why he uh, never sought out the mask. Oh, no, but he did seek out the masks. Yeah. Well, this is what I was asking you when we were watching it, mm -hmm. is that... How did he know about the masks? And the pillar. And the pillar. I can only presume that he met Lisa Lisa or someone at some point and yeah. sort of got inducted into the whole business. But then how did Lisa Lisa find out? Well, that's a mystery at this point, isn't it? Because we don't know who she is, how she trained in Hamon, or other things like that. True. True. Only time will tell. It's a good song by Asia. Good, decent entry-level prog rock band. Oh. Oh, there you go. In the Metal Gear Solid Five soundtrack. <laughs> Back in the future... Or the present, I guess. Which is the past to us. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> Caesar sort of clenches his fist in res resolute fury and enters the, the gates to that big old abandoned hotel he was going to last time. In true Arthur meme fashion. It's really sort of dramatic and serious and we've just seen his dad die. And then we just cut to... It's a real, real like... It's a real gut clencher. Sure. <laughs> It makes you feel things that you weren't really expecting. It's like, oh, my papa is gone. I will never know what true love... Da -da 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 -da. Uh, sorry, OP. Uh, okay, well, now I understand the bandana. Mm -hmm. Do you also understand the thing immediately before the bandana? What was the thing before the bandana? Uh, it's that bit where Joseph and Caesar are sort of, like, flipping around doing, um... Dramatic actions and stuff, and the last one Caesar does is fall oh. to his knees and scream. Yeah! And then... Joe's the next shot like, is Jojo yeah. putting on a bandana that looks suspiciously like Caesar's bandana. But he doesn't do that in the series. 
yet. I mean, it'll happen this episode, <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, so now that, we know that's coming that's up like. in a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> look few look minutes. forward to that listener who hasn't watched the show. A few 40. My It'll friend Lois. <laughs> After the OP, Caesar goes through them gates. And then we see Lisa, Lisa and Jojo talking. And we've, we, re- we remember from last episode that Lisa, Lisa was recounting the story of Caesar's past. Oh, yeah, she was, wasn't she? Yeah. 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 Rude. Kind of his secret to tell. Oh, uh, look. It's not on his terms anymore. He's just walked on up to the gates of hell, effectively. Caesar survives and Joseph catches up with him and is like, Caesar, Lisa, Lisa told me everything about your past. And he's like, what? (laughs) You dare. You dare come up to me with your fancy scarf. There's a set of footprints leading up to the mansion. But what? Cars wouldn't have come out in the daytime and surely New Snow would have covered that. Who could it be? Who would have gone into the mansion? But who? The door opens. Mysteriously. Whomph. It's really, like, whomphy. Yeah. A sort of, like, ghostly figure stands there. Transparent. It's like the, the, the outline of a person. Yeah, it's really... Like, when I first saw it... The, the, the When I first saw it, I thought, hmm, that looks like some form of T-1000. You know, like, faceless, like... Not a big Terminator no, guy. Oh, okay. Well, like, you know the um, the famous Terminator that, like, bleeds through Arnold the Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> No, I know what you mean. The um, uh, yeah. the, the goo one from T2 yeah. Judgment Day. And how, like, he has that scene where when he's walking through, he's like, no face, no abs, just like a bland, nondescript figure. I'll take your word for it. I immediately thought, oh my god, it's the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have robots now. Oh god, we do. Ugh. Made of Krupp steel. Krupp is a famous German manufacturer of steel. You looked that up between this and last episode, didn't you? <laughs> no, but I, yeah. <laughs> Does Cars have some kind of new trick? No, the sun is too strong for him. What could this be? Caesar falls into the cat stance. He does it. Okay, so <laughs> the beauty of this that I fucking love is that the narrator goes, The cat stance, a well-known kung fu move, ready to take on anyone from any direction. Caesar has no knowledge of kung fu. <laughs> he instinctively balances his stance as he relaxes his limbs, ready for attack from any direction. For him, it is not a technique, but a reflex. That's pretty badass when you think about it. I used to do some sort of karate offshoot, and cat stance is hard. Yeah, I too did that, but the way and also that... doesn't feel very practical to me. Yeah, the way that he was doing it just looked like he needed to go to the toilet or something. He was just like knees together, feet apart, desperately on his toes, with his arms slightly up in the air, just being like, "I'm ready now." Anyway, Messina is there too. He's like, Caesar, going in alone there's air is a sure way to get yourself killed. Wait, Messina was the trainer guy. Yeah. Yeah. What is he even doing here? I mean, not a lot. It's just like, what? <sighs> Caesar's like, no, Messina, you see, I can't go in there even if I want to because something invisible is attacking us. Messina's like, what? Then a single footprint appears in the snow <gasps> halfway between the entrance and, and them. My God. But what could it mean? Means he's jumping into the sky. What? And as as he is between them and the sun, the mist sort of parts and they see... Wow. Oh no, he's back from Greece. <laughs> he must have completed his work. Whatever that work was, not well defined to be. <laughs> Wamu cuts off Messina's arm and then drags him to hell into the hotel. <laughs> we get a lovely shot of uh, Messina, armless, going... Ah! Caesar, like, tries to pursue him, but then a small cut appears in his arm and he... <laughs> And he can't possibly it's like, go. Oh, I have to fall back for a couple of minutes. Yeah, no, it's a pretty deep cut. It's probably like 
couple layers of skin. <laughs> it's ripped through his shirt, so... Ooh. But wait, how can Wamu come outside during the day? He did look kind of ghost-like. He's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, we've confirmed it. Pillum and OP, they're just ghosts. They're not vampires, they're not magic. They're d- well, ghosts are pretty magic. Yeah. Casper is, at least. The true magic with Casper is friendship. Don't... Ooh. I'm still bitter. Still bitter over Casper. Why? What happened? Well, in the end, the true magic was friendship. And the fact that he was a lonely child, and then he became a real boy. It was like... Is that true? Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking Pinocchio. Sorry, no, hang on. Wow. We got this, we got this. No, Casper's... Wait, but then why did I know that Casper was a ghost? Because he's Casper the Friendly Ghost. But Pinocchio... Let's move on. Yeah, okay. Okay. (laughs) Pinocchio was a puppet possessed by a ghost. He was made by Geppetto. Let's move on. Um, the door opens again and Wamu's like, where's that infuriating, smart-talking upstart, Joseph Joestar? I hear he's learned quite a bit and that he killed ACDC. For those of you who may have missed the last couple of episodes. <laughs> Be a bit awkward starting from this point. <laughs> Especially with the hum-on bullshit that is going to happen. Well, I don't really have any issue with stuff in this episode. Really? It's all, like, really? It's all high concept enough that I can get oh, Alright, okay. Caesar deduces that because Wamu can control the wind, he can come out in sunlight. Um, to a limited extent, because pipes look like they're made of bone, would you say? Uh, like, halfway between muscle bit underneath and then all bone tubing. Yeah, yeah. they, they emerge from his chest and he pumps air f- uh, out from them, mm-hmm. uh, which creates a shield of wa- water vapour around him that bends light around him. I don't know, what about physics? Is that a thing? Well, yes, I suppose. You can refract light mm-hmm. with water. Which is why when you have a glass half filled with water, like, it looks weird. Is Um, that also, like, the principle behind rainbows? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, like, because certain wavelengths of light are coming through, they'll, like, part in the atmosphere, and then you see, like, the different partings when it rains. Hmm. I learned something today. Yeah. But the thing is, with water, kinda need to be a bit far away from you in order for that shit to work. Also, it's snowing. I feel like that would be a factor. Yeah... Well, oh, I suppose just from his body heat, it would evaporate. Okay. It? Yeah. See, that part I don't... He can use his burning blood to raise the temperature mm. of the water in his body to eject it out to make... Okay. You know <laughs> what? You see where I'm going with this. We also get, like, another one of those cool weather map shots where we see, like, oh. heat lines and trends hitting his body and refracting. Plenty of arrows. Plenty yeah. of... I love how every single time the arrows are drawn... Okay, so his arm is there, right? As, like, a silhouette. And then the water vapor's kind of like this weird mist that's around his arm. But every time they draw arrows coming in to, like, represent the sunlight, they all branch off into different directions. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I have a thought about um, Wamu's, like, water shield thing. Mm-hmm. I would have thought that if you were going to do something like this for one of the pillar men, where they can refract light to move around in the daytime, you would have gone with cars because his mode is light. Nah, uh, it's too easy. Okay, sure. <laughs> I thought we were going to have a discussion there. But... Well, okay, so if cars can control light, but he can't I mean, really control yeah, light. Yeah, we know he can't really. So then, yeah. But I feel like thematically that's what you would have gone with. Yeah, I get... Mm. If you wanted someone to be able to reflect, refract light, you yeah. would go with the guy whose thing is apparently light. Yeah, but there's still time, you know. We could, well... Well, spoiler alert, he doesn't do that. <gasps> okay. Well, uh, yeah. I, I guess his power... Just isn't suitable for it, ultimately. Because it's literally just a chainsaw. Yeah. Like, um, that's it. That's uh, his light. Yeah, I just, it kind of bamboozles me how his name, for his thing, is light. I guess maybe it sort of represents how he wants to um, go out into the sun and stuff. And he wants to glisten. 
Well, no, because wouldn't that just be the name that was given to them by the old Hamon clans? No, they came up with them themselves, I think. Oh. I'm Wamu, I control the wind. Oh, they... Mm. Actually, I do have something. I have a Jojonium note about the brilliant Bone Blade. Let's pull that up and see what that is. Here we go, here we go. Ah, the reason Kaz's ability, the brilliant Bone Blade, was a light mode was because I thought a shining blade was appropriate for a godlike technique. At the same time, I wanted to visually express to readers that defeating Kaz would be impossible. Good. You, you very much hammered that through as the main antagonist who will die. Will he, though? I really hope so. <laughs> I mean, Dio's gone, so, you know, it seems like the... Okay, so the whole theme of this episode has been like, yeah, the destiny thing, right? And it's like his fate that he has to help, much like the timeline before him, because we have all the parallels. Yep, sure. Which means that, that means that Joseph's going to go on to success and kill the main antagonist. And die in the process, question mark? Mm-hmm. We'll have to get further in. I mean, what happened to Jonathan? Yeah, but I feel like Joseph hasn't had any kids yet, so... True. He can't die yet. He had one steamy afternoon of passion with Lisa, with, with uh, Susie Q before he got in that car. And then we never saw it. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to. Yeah, it'd be very awkward, wouldn't it? Hey there, girl. I bet you're all about liking me. Sometimes oh, I can tell what you're feeling. <laughs> I can always tell what you're thinking. Next you'll say, no, you can't. No, you can't. <gasps> well... Bye. Wamu's like, you're a Caesar, you fight with bubbles. I can tell that you've grown a lot since I last cut up your eyes really bad with my hair, if you recall. You're worthy of death at my hands, let's fight. Your Hamon's gotten way better though. And then Caesar has like a brief monologue, and I can only ever remember the last line of it because it sounds so stupid, which is, I'll use my viciousness to destroy you. Your viciousness? Yeah. Oh no. Caesar, that's Caesar. He's he's a real vicious guy. Well, uh, mm, to be fair, we did just have the flashback where he was vicious. Is he the antagonist from Cowboy Bebop? Because let me tell you, he's vicious. I hope you're happy, Liam. I hope you're happy. I'm really not. We've lost half of our <laughs> listeners just from that pun. Ugh. So they start fighting. I mean, there's... Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, he basically owns him. Yeah, Caesar has a real strong first showing in this fight. Because Lamu was creating this air current to protect him from the sun's light hmm. so caesar's he's developed this new technique you know what goes really well through air bubbles <laughs> well I, I i quite like this as a thematic sort of legacy thing because if you recall as they mentioned in the show hmm. um will zapelli did that thing where he spat sharp hamon infused wine at jack the ripper oh oh yeah and this is a sort of follow-up to that where he's created these sort of sharp bubbles hmm. with his own sort of spin on the same technique yeah there you go. So he shoots them at Wamu and monologues about how because they're reinforced by Hammond, they won't just pop and they go. The air current will that's constantly moving around Wamu will like draw them in and keep so they keep hitting him. Yep. That was elegantly put by me. Wamu gets, to put it lightly, fucked up. Yeah, he gets slashed a bit, he screams in pain. Like he gets destroyed in this <laughs> first bit. So he goes to escape and then Caesar cuts his knees and he starts falling backwards. And then Caesar does what any smart person would do and goes in for the kill by jumping something like six feet into the air. Love a good jump kick. And then he's like, I'll smash your face in, mate, with my If there's boot. anything we learnt from part one, it's that leaping kick attacks work really well. <laughs> they really do. Ish. <laughs> so we get the sweet, sweet, sweet narrator who's just like, <laughs> Caesar's like, I'll fucking smash your person <laughs> and then the narrator's like out his wrench yeah and then the narrator goes 
But Caesar was in for a shock. <laughs> Normally, when people are falling backwards, they'll try to steady themselves, especially if they need to not be hit by the sun's rays at any cost. But Wamu's a fighting genius. <laughs> I love that he gets called a fighting genius a lot this episode. So instead of tripping, and instead of maintaining the water vapour, he just flips backwards and kicks Caesar. one of those sort of double foot, leg extending kicks. Yeah, like a kangaroo kick, yeah, sort of. Yeah, sure. And then kicks backwards to hit Caesar. Uses that as momentum to launch himself towards the um, wall of the hotel and bursts through it. Instead of the clearly open door. <laughs> I love that shot where... I mean, he wants to get out of the sun as soon as possible, so that yeah. makes sense. But um, the shot where he smashes through the wall, we see the broader shot of the hotel wall, there's a huge hole in it, and then the door just slowly closes. <laughs> it's so beautiful, because, like, it's right there, and he could very easily just aimed there, but I, no. I think once that hole... Like, it looks really stupid the way he just closes the door, but I guess it makes sense in that... I'm going to be fighting this guy in this hotel room soon. I want to minimise the amount of light that's in the room. But if you don't think it through that much, then it just looks real dumb. But he's a fighting genius. Exactly. Uh, Okay, all right, fine. (laughs) He closes the door all but like a tad and puts a bucket above it. (laughs) Caesar, using this bucket of water, I have washed all the soap off your clothing. (gasps) Now how will you create your bubbles? Oh, so bad. I think, was it... Was it in this fight or the next one where Caesar does this? I mean, there is no the next fight for Caesar, so... No, well, he walks in and then... It's all the same fight to me. Oh, okay. Well, there's one point where... He does this cool thing where he sort of grabs his wrists and pulls his hands across his other hands to create this big stream of bubbles. Yeah, so when he does that, you really get a sense of just how much soap is on him. Yeah. Because it's like... (laughs) You're like, ooh, ooh, dear... It's like a distressing amount of soap must be on him at all times. Yeah. <laughs> like, at first I thought, oh, a very thin layer. That's like, you know. But that much soap. Possibly more in the gloves. Oh. But then, yeah, that's gross because he's touching things with his gloves. What if it's all in the bandana? <laughs> oh. Joseph will inherit his one true power. <laughs> so, Wamu escapes. Caesar follows. He talks about how he feels like he was, um... He, like he did when he was poor. He's got that itch for violence. Uh, his breathing is relaxed and normal and he's not sweating. These are good conditions for Hammond. But he lacks a wrench. Also, Messina is there. He's laying on a table. Oh, yeah, that's right. With, Messina's there. Yeah, he's laying on a table with um one arm. He makes a noise. He's fine. That's, there's a scene that's cut from la- from the manga in this episode where when Joseph and Lisa Lisa come in later, they find him. And it's like, oh, Messina's here. But um, <laughs> since that scene was cut, it's like they come in. I guess he's still in the room, but no one acknowledges him. <laughs> there's no more shots of Messina this episode. No. It's just like, oh, yeah, Messina's there. Remember that. And then it never comes up again. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Yep. Yep. Good. So that's half time. Oh, yeah, that happened very quickly, didn't mm, I think it? they wanted to sort of backload the latter half of this episode, because a lot happens. Yeah, true, yeah. Well, one big thing happens. Yeah. No spoilers for anyone who's... what. Well, they probably already watched the episode, but no spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> till like ten <laughs> minutes from now. Spoilers later. So, shall we get straight into the second second half? Well, let's talk about the ads on if, Crunchyroll. If, you, if we must. Okay, okay, we have to talk about the Kate McKinnon that looks nothing like Kate McKinnon. Yeah, I don't know why you... Think this person is like Kate McKinnon at all? I just I, I get a vibe from her. You know, like it's an ad for dairy. Yeah, it's an ad for dairy, and they're trying to get us to all eat more cheese. And so they have this, uh, what is it, step in bridesmaid? Yeah, or something that has the vibe of somewhat eccentric, little bit over the top, kind of crazy, right? And it's a bit like 
Kate McKinnon in one of her craziest sketches. I don't really see it, but okay. Now, we had that ad three times in a row with her. And then once with just the uh, cheese guy that she spoke to in one of them. Yeah, and then another guy named Dimitri. We learned his name much later. Um, that just... He was okay. Yeah, he just he told seemed, us about cheese. Yeah, he seemed like a normal dude. Alright, let's get back to the episode. Well, I mean, it's a strange mix, but okay. So, Joseph and Lisa, Lisa enter the gate to the hotel grounds, and they see... <gasps> Look over there. It's Messina's arm. Some bad shit must be happening. It's a bit ominous. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't notice the trail of blood. Because when Messina got dragged in, there was this huge yeah. trail of blood. He's not doing so so hot. Yeah, no. It's like, is it Caesar's? Is it Messina's? Who uh, knows? Okay, who cares? Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, we get like an abrupt cut to a colour-shifted Caesar shooting a stream of bubbles at Wamu, who fires back with some air vortexes. They, you know, poke at each other with projectiles for a while. There's a lot of flipping. It's pretty cool. It's very Dragon Ball Z. Like, but, very yeah, Dragon Ball Z. It's probably the most... Conventional anime fight. Yeah, in that they're just sort of poking each other with attacks but not really achieving anything, which yeah. isn't really something that happens so often in at least the first two parts of JoJo. Yeah. Well, JoJo is a bit more like, ah, I will out... Well, in the first part, it was like, I will outforce you. Whereas the second part's been, I will outwit you. And then that's the end. But, like, usually every time... Basically every time a blow is struck in these fights, it's... Either yeah. a decisive blow, or it's specifically to show that that's not going to work. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this is just sort of hitch rating. Everything has heft. Yeah. As opposed to this fight where nothing has heft, but you can see that they're doing their best. Eventually, Caesar sends some um, some more bubble cutters up the stairs and like around. And they they cut uh, Wamu's knees again, and he <laughs> he falls down the stairs in a really clumsy manner. I just love that. Like for the entire fight so far, it's been ah, I'm gonna like hit you with some wind. I'm going to hit you with some wind. And then as soon as it's like, oh no, I could use the wind to like slow down my fall, but it's not going to happen. Oh no. So to, to give a better layout of this um, room, it's a like typical hotel lobby layout. It's, you know, very derelict. Gothic era. There's one of those, um, like there's like a central staircase that leads up to a landing. And then either side of that is a staircase that leads up to an upper level. When we just fell down those upper set of stairs to that central landing. Yep. And that's where he remains for the rest of the fight, I think. Uh, yes. Yes. Unless and we Caesar, have it... Caesar is on the ground floor. Unless we have it very wrong, <laughs> which would be very weird. So he stands up and he's like, well, time to cut the shit and just kill you with my special move, Divine Sandstorm. <laughs> Hold on a moment, buddy, because I, I got a special thing going on, says Caesar. Listen up, you little shithead. You remember all those bubbles that I was shooting at you? All like 50 of them? Yeah, well, they're currently all still floating around, you see. Because they're bubbles. But they aren't just bubbles. They're lenses. My bubble cutters are now bubble lenses and they're floating in the air all around you. And that enormous hole you knocked in the wall earlier is just like an open shutter of a camera on a bright summer's day. Those lenses, they focus the sunlight into the hotel. Now what's your issue with this? Literally nothing. It's just, at this point in time, I'm like, you what? <laughs> it's just so such a bonkers move, I love it. Like... Okay, so all the bubbles are filled with Hamon so that he can control them to move in a particular way such that it refracts all the light from the, like... Directly where he wants it. There's a really cool shot as um, all this rainbow light starts bouncing off the bubbles and Caesar standing in the um, hallway um, yeah. becomes gradually more backlit. And it's like, I am the angel of God, yeah, fear then... me. Beams of rainbow light start spearing through Wamu when he screams in agony. Caesar says, you can't move. You're like a film, a frozen image. You're totally exposed, Wamu. 
Oh, because there's light coming into him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a bit overexposed, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no, see, that's good. That's that's how we're keeping viewers. <laughs> yeah. Caesar sees that Lamu is beginning to make those pipes emerge from his body again. It's like, oh, can't have that. Better go finish him off. So he cunningly does the jump kick again. Better leap into the air and... Block that light. Yeah, so we Tap it's like slow-mo Caesar leaping at Lamu, like foot extended for a, a sweet kick. But Caesar was in for a shock. <laughs> one point. At one moment, a tiny blind spot. Caesar's body created the briefest of shadows and with the blazing wall of sun- sunlight... Wamu didn't waste his chance. And there's a really cool shot of um, Wamu's like, eyes closed in agony and then the shadow passes over him and the, he immediately like refocuses and the camera zooms in on his eyes. And he looks pissed. Yeah. He immediately does his divine sandstorm and just fucking fucks everything <laughs> up. <laughs> Shit is fucked. It's fucking... <sighs> he showed Caesar once again that he was a fighting genius and a genius of strategy. <laughs> Get opportunity, do attack. It is the deepest of strategy. It's a it's the, the deepest, deepest plan. plan. <laughs> it's just at this point you can definitely tell that Wamu has earned his place as third on the ladder. <laughs> second now. Oh yeah, he's second now, yeah. He got a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> By default. <laughs> Outside, Lisa Lisa and Jojo basically see the whole hotel lobby explode. And they're like, what? That was a divine sandstorm if I know my divine sandstorms. So they don't go running in yet. That's the key. Yeah, so they know Wamu's in there and they assume that Caesar was hit. And he was. He was, he was hit pretty hard. He was hit hard. real bad. Ooh, dear. So we come back into the hotel, he's like lying broken on the floor as Wamu stands above him. Like, like, broken, broken. Like, and he gives a little monologue. He's like, you've grown so much in such a short time. I'm satisfied. I haven't had a fight like that in, uh, in ages. And then he sort of dramatically falls to his knees with a bunch of kanji leaping out of his body. <laughs> it was a close one as well. He could have died. And he gives a little monologue about how, like, he feels really lucky that he had his wind power because if he didn't, or if Kaz was the one who fought Caesar, then... Even if they won, they would have been in a much worse lot. Um, worse shape than yeah. So yeah. basically, Wamu won because he is a hard counter to Caesar's <laughs> bubbles. He is the only hard counter. Yeah. Uh, and there's a really as he's doing this is a really cool bit where like we get a shot of his hand, which basically cracks, and we see all this burning Hamlet energy inside it. Mm. And then he sort of tenses his face and like in, in pain, and the crack heals over like skin. I mean, literally like skin, because yeah. it is skin. Because skin but... heals over it. Yeah. You know, like... Like like skin. I got you. Mm. I got you, fam. Caesar stands up. He's not done yet. But Wamu's like, no, you're done. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Sit down, man. Just die. And then Caesar's all like... <clears throat> yeah, this really, like, impotent arm swing. And You know that scene from The Simpsons where Mr. Burns tries to, like, punch someone? <laughs> and he's like... Oh, ah, get... yes. Yeah, in the boardroom or something. And he's just like, I'll show you... <clears throat> I do, yeah, I do know what you mean. It's like yeah, that. that Caesar starts, starts futilely throwing dumb punches against Wamu, and he's like, stop. stop. Just, just stop, stop, Caesar. Stop. Your life and all you once were has ended. Just stop it. Just... Remember when hitting these guys when you weren't protected by the ripple meant you got absorbed into them? Yeah! <laughs> what happened to that? I mean, it's possible that Wamu just doesn't want to eat him. Yeah, he just doesn't care. He's like... Because he has a lot of respect for Caesar. He does. Well... As we learn. Yes, as we learn momentarily. Yeah. But I guess if I was Wamu and I wanted to show my respect for someone who had given me a good run for my money, I would eat them. <laughs> carry with, carry them with me always. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. So, okay. So if you respect someone so much, and I'm an immortal human devouring beast, what's the best way to show your respect? Eating uh, them. Yeah. Really? Absorb them into your body and carry their memory with you always. Really? Does Caesar have any earrings he could add to his collection? Actually, yeah, he does. Yeah, the little red studs. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, really eating them. It's not something that... I don't know, it seems kind of poetic to me. (laughs) It seems ridiculous. It's Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. It is very bizarre. That is true. So Wamu turns and walks away and then Caesar leaps up at him again. Wamu's like, what? Just, just stop it, bro. Caesar leaps. Oh, there was a cool moment where, oh. as he was punching him, he slips on his own blood, which the staircase is slick with now. Yeah. And then, as he goes through this leap, his foot finds purchase again, and then he comes at him. Yep. He rips Wamu's lip ring off, then falls down the stairs again. Ah. Like as a getaway slash I'm t- dying anyway. Yeah. Thing. Just like a <sighs> moment. Why did you take my lip ring, Caesar? Uh, I'm dying. He gives this real big monologue. Where he talks about how it's important to him as a Zapelli because Zapelli's sacrifice themselves for the greater good, and he has to do something, otherwise he'll just his life will just sputter out in vain. This does the analysis for us here. <laughs> yeah, just basically, that out. just I'm just saying what I'm feeling. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my father didn't recognize me, but he sacrificed his life to save me anyway. My grandfather gave his Hamon energy to save Jojo's grandfather right before he died. It's tradition. I have to do something. This is the Zapelli family spirit handed down from the past to ensure the family's future. Now, about the family's future. Uh, yeah. Not really any junior Zapellis running around that we know of. Well, he has siblings. Yeah, but... But... They're not really like the mainline family. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, however... Throughout all this, we get shots of, like, the building continuing to crumble, which is important. Yes, it is. It is important. Um, however? However. However. It does the analysis for us. <laughs> because Caesar basically says, yeah, so my grandfather died for Jonathan. I will die for Joseph. Basically, yeah. And, and he, he will, don't worry. That That's the meta. That's the meta narrative that's happening. It's yeah. Just the parallels are all coming together now. I actually have another um, Jojonium note about this. Ooh. Um, so in, he was uh, drawn in so, sort of a um, crucifix style pose on his cover of this of the. Is it because a crucifix came and slammed him down like a? <laughs> yeah, as we'll get to in a moment. <laughs> it says, um, "The question is, what is the reason behind Caesar's pose?" And he's written, um, "I wanted to convey a crucifixion. In other words, his future, sort of a sense of preparedness for what's to come. I believe it represents the fate of the Zapellis to forge a path for the Joe Stars. Yeah. So they're sort of watching over and." Constantly sacrificing themselves. God damn so, it. If in part three, all the other Zapellis grow up and have a bunch of kids, all of the Zapelli siblings... Work for the Speedwagon Foundation. No, no, no. They sacrifice themselves for the Joe Stars. Mm-hmm. Or maybe at the Speedwagon Foundation. Who knows? But they all sacrifice themselves for the Joe Stars. And then all the kids sacrifice themselves, except for one who goes on to have many children. <laughs> then in part four... It's like a real planned family sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like, you need to have kids now, otherwise... Otherwise, who's going to die to save Joe Stars? Exactly. Also, another thing from that same note, just something about Caesar's bubbles and their sort of symbolism. Okay. Both Caesar and Joseph are Ripple users that inherit the, inherited the bloodlines of their grandfathers. I've redacted bits of this that aren't irrelevant. Bubbles pop easily, so many of you may think of them as being fleeting. I feel like Caesar's bubbles were a perfect representation of his fate and the burden he was carrying. I was able to play with the visual aspects of them as well by having him morph the round bubbles into discs for his cutter or use them as lenses. 
Oh, go back to that middle bit. So, see, bubbles are fragile and don't last long. Caesar is doomed to die. Oh. It's good symbolism. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Except for the fact that his bubbles are strong <laughs> and can literally kill, almost kill a man who is beyond superhuman strength. I mean, any metaphor falls apart if you examine it deeply <laughs> enough. I mean, look at Moby Dick. That's a shit metaphor. Little chapters about whale biology in that book that I didn't care for. It was amazing. Amazing. Look how much, like, appendices there is. Apparently it's, it is or was in the deepest past used to an extent as a marine biology textbook because of that. Really? Wow, okay. I would imagine that's been sort of made obsolete by the existence of actual textbooks now. Yeah, and more scientific discovery. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember that just being like, we have the blue whale. The blue whale does this thing. It's all about sperm whales. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. Caesar rips off his headband and threads it through the lip ring and uh, says, Jojo, this is the last of my ham on. Take it from me. And then we get a shot outside. But first, like, oh, wait, yeah. he does his ripple and sort of light fills the room like um, Zapelli's deep pass overdrive. Yeah, like a super saiyan. Like he's kindling the first flame. Like he's uh, powering up. Like he's... I got nothing. I'm drawing a blank. Help me. Like he's a flame in a world of darkness. Like he's a phoenix rising from the ashes, but he won't rise because he's done. <laughs> like the exact opposite of a phoenix. I guess that's the, the thing that happens before he rises from the ashes, where he turns into ashes. Y- yep, except he's it's just like a human in, in a flame. Yeah, he's like the man on fire from Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, sh- that's not from Metal Gear... Oh, wait. Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Well, I was going to say, he's like the Buddhist monk sacrificing himself oh, for a greater message. That's dark. It may be dark, but it's a damn good message. Which is? Uh, stop war, because it's shit. Is that what it was? Basically, end the violence was the whole message of that thing in protest of the war. So. All right. Yeah. So outside, they see the light and they hear him scream. And they're like, this is bad. And then he falls to his knees and a cross-shaped block of ceiling comes loose and just fucking crushes him. <laughs> Now, it is in the shape of a crucifix. I said which, that. Which I found very odd at first. I was like, why did it... It's symbolism, Nicholas. Yeah, I know. Maybe you've I, heard of it. I know now. No. But I, at first I thought, and I just went, what? That, that's, that's a fucking crucifix. Why is Caesar Jesus now? Isn't Joseph meant to be Jesus? Why would Joseph be Jesus? Well, because he's like the son of God, pretty much. If Jonathan's God. He's not his son. Oh shit, he's not. Oh damn. Okay, never mind. Maybe Mario is God. <laughs> he's not Joseph's dad either. Shit. Or shit. is he? Plot twist. <laughs> Joseph was never a Joe star in the first place. Cars was the whole time. What? Okay, I'm, this is done. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good metaphor. No. So there's this um red bubble of blood floating in the middle of the room with um the bandana and the ring in it. And it's probably covered in Hamon. Yep. Whammo's like, oh, I should destroy this and he starts making a wind current to draw it in and he's like no nah no. I'll let it go not because I'm sentimental about him but his talent as a fighter was undeniable I will hold you in your last moments forever in my memory Caesar a man as splendid and as fleeting as the bubbles he conjured single tear and then he leaves as Lisa Lisa and Jojo come in through the door <laughs> and then they're all like we can't we can't yell out Caesar's name because we're scared because if he doesn't answer then that will mean he's dead They'll they'll just be cold silence. I'm not going to yell out his name, Mm. but there's this blood bubble that's floating around with his bandana and a ring in it. Jojo grabs it, um, and then this Hamon feels weird. Literally, this Hamon feels weird. Uh, He grabs it. The Hamon apparently tells him everything he needs to know about what happened to Caesar. I guess you can tell when it's someone's dying. And it's their blood. 
Yep, that too. Yep. Uh, I also wonder, it's ne- never explicitly stated, but I wonder if this is sort of similar to what Zapelli did for um, for Jonathan, where now see, Jojo has all of Caesar's ripple energy in him. I think so. I think it makes a lot of sense that... Because um, if any of the memories of Caesar have gone into Joseph... I would be surprised if it went that far. Never mind. <laughs> uh, but... Whether or not he is getting some sort of power up from this, oh yeah, he is at least symbolically taking on his um his burden. Yes, yeah, or at least uh he's helped him now to achieve the necessary like level up. You know, yeah, like he's the he's like mentor. His, his resolve has increased. Yeah, it's funny because like uh William Zapelli mm-hmm. was the mentor for Jonathan, but now Caesar is like the apostle of uh Joseph. After a sort of rivalry period. Yeah, yeah. So it's like in one, it's like a nice little reversal of roles, mm. where instead of being the head honcho, he is the secondary honcho. I mean, I, I always f- picked them more as like sort of Buds. on the same levelish. But no, I always see Joseph. I mean, we know yeah. that Joseph is ultimately going to come out ahead because he's the protagonist. Yeah. But um, I feel like the story is trying to construct them as being sort of equal. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like. Caesar's always been like, man, that Joseph guy, he just gets it, you know? Except for when he hated him. Except for that part. That part, yeah. Never mind. Okay. So at this point, like, some sick opera kicks in and I start crying. Yeah, they... they. Joseph starts crying. I'm so scared that right here a few moments ago, Caesar died. And now I know because the Hamon in the bubble told me. <laughs> uh, so this song... <laughs> This show, man. <laughs> this song, it's, um, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, it's an, it's an Italian title. Okay. Uh, Il mare eterno nella mia anima. Can I have a go? Uh, where is it? It's Il mare eterno nella mia anima. So this is um, an original composition for the show, uh, made specifically for this scene, Ooh. as you can probably tell, because it's the only scene where it shows up. Ooh. So the, the name means something along the lines of the eternal sea in my soul. Eternal sea. Oh, because it's sea for Caesar. No. <laughs> Shit. Sea like ocean. Shit, because he has bubbles. Sure. <laughs> I got the lyrics here. You want me to give it a go? Okay, go for okay. it. Okay. Wait, you're not going to try and sing opera? No, right? God, no. Okay, all right, go for it. A light breeze gently, gently blows in. Blow into my heart, my goddess of fortune. Ew. Beyond the blue sky there lies the eternal sea within my soul. With one bolt of lightning you'll know of my legend. Ew. Keep going. Whenever you think of me, I shall always whisper, on the surface of the blue sky... There lies the eternal sea within my soul. Because he's covered on, he's covered in soap. On the surface of the blue sky, that's his jacket. <laughs> there lies eternal sea within my soul. That's the soap. Wherever you go, wherever I go, my love lies deep within your life. My love remains in your days. Ooh. It takes just one of your smiles, one single smile. <laughs> my soul shall never die. It is immortal. It is no use shedding tears for me. Oh, I just, I really like the. Uh... Where is it? It just takes one of your smiles. One single smile, not two. Stop. Don't. Well, as um, one of our listener correspondents was telling us mm. um, in previous email, apparently um, a lot of people out there are really into uh, shipping Joseph and Caesar. Yeah. I don't blame them. It seems like a pretty... They got a lot of uh, attention. Yeah. Nice mix of, uh, I respect you, but I respect people you. People are always being like, wow, Caesar, you're really in love with Joseph, aren't you? Yeah. You don't make friends easily, but when you do, it's true love. Yeah, that probably didn't help <laughs> much with the not getting shipped. <laughs> Most of the rest of this episode is Joseph internally or externally monologuing. Yeah, about how Caesar was a cool guy. Yeah, he's like, Caesar, you bastard. <laughs> you have to be... 
immediately. Immediately. It's like, yeah, he was an okay guy. We really enjoyed you. Bastard! You had to be a damn show-off right until the very end. And then you leave a precious gift like this for me? Caesar, where are you? And he starts digging through the rubble. Yep. Where the hell are you sleeping? I'll find you, Caesar. I'll dig you up. And then Lisa Lisa's all like, give it up, man. We got we got other bigger fish to fry, yeah. yo. This isn't the time to search or grieve. We have work to do. There are two of them and two of us. Let's go fight. Yeah, even numbers. Pulls out a cigarette. Look at this trail of blood. That means that Wamu's probably pretty wounded and we can... Fuck him up. Pulls out a cigarette lighter. Cesar, we're in the middle of enemy territory. Let's finish this fight, Jojo. Come on, take the antidote, then we'll go hunt those bastards down. Turns around. Joseph's giving an angry monologue about how, like, why can't she even shed some tears over Caesar's passing? And then he's like, but wait. Master, your cigarette is backwards. And then she looks at it and sort of crushes it in her hand and starts shaking and sweating. And then crying. Yep. I know she wants to cry even more than I do. He treated her like a goddess and knew her longer than I've known her. I have to try and hold my feelings back. Caesar, I know you you thought I was always impulsive and self-centered, but sometimes I do understand the feelings of those around me. (laughs) Now this line, I have a lot of problems with this line. Yep. Joseph's whole thing is reading people. It's like the only thing he ever does consistently. Continue. So he always knows the feelings of those around him. I love that, like... Doesn't mean he respects them, but he knows them. No, but there was the distinction that I made of, oh, yeah, he knows what they're thinking, but he only sometimes knows what they're feeling. Because he's a sociopath. (laughs) Yeah. So the way I saw it was, like, if he gets with, like, Susie Q, one day, if they, like, ever broke up, he'd be like, ah, yes, the Joseph and Q family. Oh, shit, her last name... Oh. Her last name's gonna be Q. Her last name's Q. Yeah, her last name's Q. So it'll be... uh, Her son moves to London and gets a job in in MI5 (laughs) making gadgets for James Bond. Oh, no. No, but um, it'll always just be like, ah, yes, Joseph. Always know what Susie's thinking. Never knows what she feels, though. So he'll always be, you know, getting the, like, backhand on the head sort of thing of, like, you idiot! Yeah. Yeah. But only sometimes will he know what anyone feels. Mm. Especially himself. Caesar, how did I feel about you? I don't know. <laughs> I just sometimes I know what people feel around me. So Jojo is really resolute and he swears that he's going to avenge Caesar. And, you know, it looks like everyone's gearing up to go get in a fight. But then one of the boards over the windows crumbles because this room is still falling apart, you guys. It's it's getting fucked up. A single beam of light reveals that cross stone. Yep. Uh, Messina is probably in here somewhere. <laughs> We haven't had a single shot of Messina since that table. <laughs> uh, and we see blood seeping out from beneath the stone. This is grim, because that stone is flush against the floor. Yes. If they pick that up, it is not going to be... It's not a body so much as a... Uh... Puddle? Yeah. Sort of like a mess. <laughs> a hot mess? A very hot mess. Well, given a hot, that... sticky, soapy mess. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's like doing dishes. He's become with... more soap than man. <laughs> Oh no, the bubbles. They're emerging from the heat. <laughs> uh, they see it. Lisa Lisa starts openly crying and falls to her knees and Jojo, tears streaming down his face, screams out his name. Multiple times. And starts like ch- smashing his fist on that rock. Uh, can we call it the Crucifix del Cesaro? No. Uh, how about the Stone of Caesar that looks alarmingly like a crucifix, but isn't because... That would be weird. That's good. That's catchy. I like it. Cool. (laughs) So anyway, Jojo continues to hit the stone of... I've already forgotten it. But yeah, he hits that stone. 
They were deep in enemy territory. Cars and Whamu were very nearby, but the two simply couldn't help themselves. Hello, Lisa, Nancy. Lisa openly wept. Jojo screamed out Caesar's name. In cold silence. What? Because it's cold silence. Whenever he screams out his name, he oh, gets there's cold. no response. Yeah, yeah. He was afraid of that. The, the camera pans up and the light from the window forms a sort of crucifix shape. And then the last shot of the episode is um, the ring and the bandana on top of the stone. Yep. And then to be continued. Oh, actually, no, it wasn't this time. It was, um, no, it was sort of... The, um, that sort of... Quiet bit. Keyboardy. Oh! Yeah, that bit. Yeah. yeah. You guys know what we're talking about. Yeah, you guys have heard Roundabout. <laughs> Come on. And if you haven't... What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> so, a uh, good app. Good app. Yeah. Weird app, but good. Mm, solid. Um, highlights. Hmm. Uh, Caesar fucking shit up. <laughs> like, literally the entire first half of the episode was Caesar being like, fuck you, Whamu, I'm gonna fuck you up. And then he does. He does, just not quite enough, unfortunately. Yeah, but whew, he, he fucks shit up. He, poor, poor, gets right in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's got good moves. Well, had good moves. He, oh, man, too soon. Too soon, Liam, too soon. Your highlights? Um, just everything from the moment Caesar takes the Divine Sandstorm. <laughs> Just, I find his death scene really emotionally affecting. Yeah. Not even so much because he's dying, but just because, like, the way everyone else around it reacts to it. Mm. So, I guess if I would walk, could walk you through it. Mm. Um, Whamu, who we've only ever... Kaz's um, affection for dogs and, and plants aside, we've only ever seen the pillar men as, like, remorseless killing machines to this point. Oh, well, we know Whamu respects fighters. Yeah. And that's about But like even when Jojo goaded him into the um the ring game, yeah. that was still sort of playing on his worst nature. Mm. And whereas when this Caesar he he's you know, he develops a, a sense of respect for Caesar and comes to honour his last wish just because, you know, he can he sees that he's a sort of noble guy who who fights real good. Fights for his family. Yep. His country. Fights for his country, <laughs> his girl. <laughs> and then of course we have Caesar and uh Jojo and Lisa Lisa breaking down and crying and that's really significant because they're both characters that are all about, like, their facades. Yeah. So Lisa Lisa is obviously stone-cold motherfucker. <laughs> and Jojo is... The deceptive wise you know, guy. He's always fronting as an idiot or a coward or just being a real smug asshole. Yeah. And just to see those those masks crumble because they realise he's dead is just really something to me. Because mm, it's like the one time we'll probably see them actually emotionally affected by anything. I think it's anime. certainly the most vulnerable either of them, possibly anyone in the show is. Ooh, um, interesting. At least, cer- at least certainly to this point. Mm, mm. I certainly don't remember Jonathan breaking down and crying. No, but he got very emotional a lot. But not quite to this extent. He sort of got like that sort of righteous fury yeah. thing going on a lot. It was more like, Dio, my brother. Dio, it gives me great angst to admit this, but I hate you. <laughs> now I must kill you. If only I could have loved you like my brother. Oh, wait, I could. Uh, I'll just kill you anyway. I saw some funny Tumblr posts recently where it was, um, you know, when they were beating each other up when they were kids? Yeah. Um, and that bit where George comes in on the top floor and is like, Jojo, I know boys fight, but you must... You, you were beating on Dio while he was defenceless, and that's not acceptable. In that shot, he's standing at the top of the stairs, and you can see that Dio is just holding his knife out, just like in front of him. <laughs> this is a boy's game, not a man's game. Uh, lowlights. Uh, the weird crucifix imagery. Not a fan? Not a fan. It just, it's a bit odd. Not bizarre, 
Bazaar's funny. And it's cool. Okay. This um, one's just a bit like... Tell me more. So... De- Demi more. Ooh. Very nice. So, like, it just seems a bit weird to me that Caesar would be crushed by a giant stone that looks like the cross. And then we pan up on his final death scene and there's the light. Laying on a bit thick? Yeah. And I'm a bit like, yeah, but, but he's not God or Jesus. He's not... Sa- well, he is sacrificing himself. I mean, he comes from but- Rome with his... Strong Catholic presence. Yeah, but still, it's not like he's sacrificing himself in the name of God or anything like that. It's just like, yeah, he's sacrificing himself in the name of Joseph Joestar. Um, you know, it's a bit heavy-handed. I guess there's also sort of the element of religious iconography, particularly the cross, being um, repellent to vampires as well. Yeah, but these guys aren't vampires. They're pillarmen. They have relationships to vampires. Uh, yeah. They can see themselves in the mirror, right? Maybe. I don't know. Hopefully. I don't well, think it ever comes up. Well, I mean, they have to with that sort of, like, muscle game. I mean, the brilliant bone blade reflects light. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Probably see himself in the mirror. But yeah, it's a bit, uh, it's just a bit weird to me that, like, he would pick that symbolism to go with. Mm. Like, yeah. Okay. Low lights for you. Tough call. I enjoyed most of this episode. Mm. Um, Messina. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> he's not really low light worthy. He's just sort of like there. I don't dislike him. He just doesn't really do anything. Yeah, um, that's why you don't dislike him. <laughs> I guess the flashback at the start is kind of a bit brief for my taste. Like to have a point, even though it's kind of the point that he has this secret past. When you explain it to give his imminent death just more meaning, like immediately before it happens, it feels like a bit of a cop out. If you know what I mean? Yeah. But that is me just really reaching for a low light. Like, yeah. Overall, I really enjoyed this episode. It's damn good. Hmm. So good. Uh, so, um, I guess we should come to the prediction segment of this podcast, wherein I ask you, Nick Ballantyne, what you think will happen in episode 21 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Battle Tendency. Okay, Caesar's dead. Mm-hmm. Caesar's gone. He's gone for good. Or is he? No, he's, he got crushed pretty fucking hard. On the top of that, on the bottom of that... Um, the bitter ceiling was the stone mask. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I just love if, like, it falls to the ground and then the last shot of next episode is his hand clawing out and then going, <laughs> It was me, Dio! <laughs> um, hmm. I was coated in a thin layer of sunscreen the whole time. <laughs> the sunscreen soap paradox. Okay, next episode, maybe... Maybe after this flashback, we won't get a Lisa Lisa flashback. Maybe it'll just be Lisa Lisa with Jojo going forward. Because how many episodes do we have left? Ah, uh, five by my count. This is the... Tw- no, six. This is the 20th and we have 26 episodes. Hmm. Okay. I don't think we're going to get a flashback episode of Lisa Lisa. I mean, you say that, but... Not this Not this next episode. Se- okay, yeah. But yeah. Caesar's flashback thing yeah, it was like lasted three minutes. two, three minutes. Yeah. So I don't think we're going to get a flashback of Lisa Lisa yet. We're going to move further into the hotel. Yep. Joseph and Lisa Lisa still have work to do. Hmm. Will Wamu show up or will Cars show up first? Wamu's taking a beating. Yeah. I mean, probably what's going to happen is Wamu's going to show up and be all like, Hey, that Caesar fellow put up a good fight. It would be disrespectful of me not to fight you next, Jojo. Come at me, man. Yeah. Or something ridiculous like that. Uh, Lisa Lisa will probably be like, Jojo, you got this. It's like, why aren't you helping me? It's like, they do no, that no, thing no. we talked about last episode where they sit in thrones at opposite ends of the room. Yeah. And it's dope. Joseph will... Hmm. Will he kill Whamu that episode? Hmm. Hmm. Well, we have five. He has the antidote ring now, so he doesn't need to kill him as pressingly. Well, yes and no, because the fate of humanity is at stake. Yes, but he doesn't have a time limit anymore. 
Unless it's like, ah, oh, yes, you got my lip ring, but I lied. That's not the right ring. Shh, what? Joseph takes the uh, the antidote, and then Wemmy walks up to him and just implants like six rings in his body. Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> it appears that you don't have a ring anymore. Now you have wind coursing through your veins. Okay, yeah, I reckon he's going to fight Whamu, but he's not going to win this episode. Okay. Because Cars will be the fight, like the last fight. Of course. And then he'll, okay, and then the last fight will be Cars, and then he'll go back to Suzy Q, make some sweet babies, and then we'll see nothing until the first episode of part three. But next episode will just be them fighting. All right, solid guess. Yep, yep. And Lisa Lisa won't help at all. She'll just be at the back being like, Come on, Joseph. Be tough like me. Lisa, Lisa. Remember Caesar. And we're like, oh, I remember Caesar. Oh, we might get some motivational. You know how Jonathan had all those, I'm doing this for the memory. Feel my soul blaze. Yeah, we'll get some of that. Except with Joseph. So it'll be like, yeah. I'm better than you. With a couple of exceptions for like comedic beats, post-training and especially post-now, Joseph takes on a much more sort of Jonathan-like bent in the story where he's... Okay with this. More. Do- uh, so I might be okay. wrong there, but he at least fronts as a more serious guy. Yeah. So he's still pulling his tricks because that's his thing. Yeah. But he's going for the more sort of, I guess, filled with passion as opposed to jovial. I think I'm. Yeah, I think I'm. I might be wrong on this count actually. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna dial that back. <laughs> so it's just like. But after a, a apart huge... from when he is specifically playing the fool, yeah. he is a lot more serious. Okay. Well, you kind of have to be at this point, because yeah, now they're actually... The, yeah, the end game. In a hotel. Oh, they're in a hotel. Who knows where this could go? Go on. Well, they might adopt the hotel as, you know, the Speedwagon headquarters. They have one of those. It's in Washington, remember? Yeah, but maybe there could be a new one. In this derelict hotel. Yeah, in like near a ski resort. <laughs> Fair. Speedwagon's winter lodge. Yeah, exactly. What if... Okay, hang on, wait. Wait. What if, in the future, Speedwagon just keeps coming back as a person? What do you mean? Because he's not dead yet. No. He's just in New York right now? That sounds right. Yeah, because he's chilling over there. But, oh no, he went off to be an oil baron. No, that, that's, no, no, that's before. Yeah, yeah, so this time he was off to do some other venture. But it's what like happens? comfort arena. Yeah. So, but, like, what happens if, right? What happens if... Stroheim's cyborg <laughs> technology... Is applied to Speedwagon to make him functionally immortal. And become a literal speed wagon. <laughs> he can turn into a car. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. They have the technology. I guess they kind of do. Beautiful crop steel. Speed wagon, transform and roll out. Yes, Mr. Joestar. Vroom vroom. <laughs> anyway, that's not going to happen next episode. But, but, go deeper in. Maybe do some fighting. Lisa Lisa won't do anything. Whammer will be like, yeah, that Caesar fellow, he gave me a good fight. But I'm at, I'm at full strength again, bro. Oh, wait, what about Messina? Will he do nothing? What about Messina? Yeah, I reckon they're just going to leave him there. It's like, he's lost an arm. Oh, we might just leave him there. He'll heal. It's probably what's going to happen. Those are my predictions. Okay. Hopefully it, it goes vaguely down there. So, um, that brings us to the end of uh, the formal portion of our show. Let's uh, do some quick listener shout-outs before we wrap things up. Informal shout-outs. These are from the Canadian iTunes store. Uh, first shout-out to Crison Wave, who... Um, has given us a nice rating and uh, is one of our one of our cadre of um, people who have corrected us through the medium of five star iTunes reviews, which hey. I'm fully in favour of. <laughs> points out that Jonathan and Joseph are the same height at 195 centimeters, ha, just ha. shy of two meters tall. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, similarly, thanks to Johnny Barnstorm, which I'm sorry, what? Johnny Barnstorm. Johnny Barnstorm. That sounds like almost the name of a JoJo character. What? 
Who is this mysterious character? They call me Don's Jean- Hat. Yeah. Johnny Barnstorm. I feel like if they didn't have the musical references thing as a naming theme, that would have been Speedwagon's name. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, he says, Jojo is a very strange anime, but we are a good way to get a handle on it. <laughs> so thank you, Johnny Barnstorm. We like you. And while I'm here, there's just one more review on this Canadian iTunes store, which is from Glasses Hoodman. <laughs> just had some very nice words to say about us, but I like that name. So, um, if you liked the show, it would really help us out if you could uh, join those raters and reviewers, because that's how you help new people find it. Or just tell a friend. If you tell a friend, it's probably more helpful because they'll be all like, what? Why are you telling me about this weird and unusual... Ooh. And then you can surprise them. Oh, I guess we do have a piece of listener correspondence I should bring to you. After our discussion about role-playing games in the previous episode... Oh. Um, Blooper Boy, who we corresponded with on air previously... Okay. ...on Twitter, uh, wanted to know um, what sort of characters we like to play in those sort of games. Let's keep it brief. Let's keep it brief because we're going along. Yeah, no, mine's pretty short. So, awkwardly enough, I'm always the DM uh, Mm -hmm. in 90% of the games I play. However, I got to be a player in your 13th Age thing, and I've been a player in a Witch Hunter thing. In the 13th Age one, I played a bard. Uh, His name was too long to pronounce because he got a lot of sponsorships. His whole thing was that he sold his name um, for product placement. Uh, So his name was like an entire page, basically. Yeah, just like... The Crusaders beer presents in association with produced by and like stuff like that nonstop uh, for an entire page, Good which name. was funny. Uh, and he was basically just a dick. Uh, and in my Witch Hunter one, I'm currently playing uh, also a dick. Surprisingly enough, uh, a selfish, cruel, industrious. Are these, like, traits in the game? or are they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, and racist as well. Oh, against, good, good. Against Spain. Uh, but also jingoistic for... Great Mother England. Sounds like a very unpleasant character. She's hilarious. She is extremely sexually deviant because it's 1680-something. Oh, so she, like, shows her ankles. Mm, yes. <laughs> she is, like, yeah. Uh, she always carries a dagger because she's cool. And, yeah, she's just ridiculous. For my money, I like to play sort of, like, tricksy characters that get by on their wits. And um, when it comes to fiction, I sort of tend towards... At least in fantasy games, characters that are like pastiches or takes on um, sort of fairy tale archetypes, like princes or orphans or hmm. princesses, things like that. Do you like tricksy characters because you like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? It's part of it. Yeah. I mean, probably what part of what informs my liking JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Anyway, um, so if you also want to engage in such thrilling correspondence with us, you can find <laughs> us on Twitter at JoJo's Podcast or at uh, gmail.com on the same. Thrilling. And I guess that brings us to the end of the show. Excellent. So, until next time, to be be continued. What were they thinking when they wrote the lyrics to that song? I think it's about a drive they took um, on a tour. Oh. So it's a literal... Story. I get, like, kind of. It's not a very coherent story. (laughs) (laughs) It's a metaphor of a literal journey. Cool. Yeah.